Long Gone is here. What the fuck is up? What, <laughs> what up? Nice to hear from you, bitch. Um, yeah, man. Just um, kind of making my way through the slush down here in Manhattan. There was some light snowfall overnight. Mm. Luckily, I have my Solomon, Solomon Snowcross boots ready to traverse the city. Uh, no problems here. Socks are dry. Um, unfortunately, it is affecting my mood. But that's something we can kind of get into as we move through our program. I don't know if I need to. I think I think we pretty much got that one locked down. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the, the mood the mood has been stabilized, but not that doesn't mean in a good way. It just means you're consistently in a bad mood. You know what I mean? I've been I've been being hit left and right today with news that I don't want to hear. Um, <laughs> some some work related, some relating to quarterback uh, Tom Brady's foray into stand up. Um, and then I found an essay on the failing New York times.com talking about, um, I am mourning the loss of something I loved McNuggets no. and I went on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, hold, don't worry. It's a, it's a 24 year old, uh, editorial assistant with the times opinion <laughs> who basically takes 3000 words to say that, I mean, blah, blah, blah. I ate all this stuff when I was young. I lived in sort of a food desert. But don't worry, I realized at 24 that it's bad for me. I don't eat it anymore, and I miss it. Um, that is the that is yeah, the extent of the okay. article. So in the New York Times, all you have to do is say, when I was baby, I liked candy. Now I'm grown up. Candy bad for me. I like candy, but I don't eat candy. Yes, basically. It's a lot more involved. And the, and the editor is like, fucking shit, you've done it again. It's a lot more involved than that, as you can imagine. Um, but, I don't uh, want to imagine. Don't worry, the writer also went to Yale. <laughs> you know but but okay here's this great you know here's this great i get it man nuggets are good not one not from mcdonald's but nuggets are good let me just let me just read a quick passage mm -hmm. i've expanded my culinary horizons when i moved to new york in 2021 i decided to stock my kitchen with many of the pots pans and gadgets recommended by the website serious eats i bought and skimmed the cookbook salt fat acid heat okay i learned how to br brine and roast a chicken i started buying salads from Trader Joe's. Mm, okay. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Salt, <laughs> fat, acid, heat, the serious eats. Those are great online food destinations. Buying salad from Trader Joe's is, uh, is not, is not the move culinarily speaking, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically just like, um, any coming of age story where like a, a college graduate, like moves to New York for the, for the first time. And they're like, Pots and pans, that's what my mommy uses to cook. <laughs> well wait, am I a grown up now? <laughs> Hold on. But I mean this is this is of course this of course gets into <laughs> like th this also goes into like socioeconomic class, etc. It's like a little more deep, but the reality is it did regardless of all of that, I don't Let's know. Let's skim it, over those parts, please. Yeah, I mean I I don't I don't think it needed to be uh written, that's for sure. But that, you know, I don't know about you, Jason, but I'm craving a Twinkie after that, but you know, that's, mm -mm. that's neither here nor there. I'm just craving carbs. How are you feeling? Um, I feel pretty well. I, I wanted to talk about Tom Brady's stand up career because that was that's something that is anyone taking that seriously, or they're just like, oh, he's like fully lost it now. I mean, I think it's a little bit of an un, unfounded rumor, but it's being reported because I think everyone hates Tom Brady and thinks it's funny that the idea of him doing stand up is um mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty far fetched. I mean, he's getting. I think it's three hundred million dollars to be a a, a football uh, color commentary <laughs> guy on Fox News uh -huh. or Fox Sports. So the, the three hundred million that you said 
Yeah, three hundred million. So I mean, what's the what's the guy that got into comedy as like a MMA guy and everybody hates him now? Joe Rogan. No, not him. The other one. There's like a small. There's like a guy who's like an actual. Oh, like a, oh, a oh champion. yeah. I forgot. I forgot his name. He was sort of like canceled for being. Wouldn't you know it, a toxic guy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's. A, I mean, he. he, he <laughs> I forgot looks, what happened, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. He looks like a truck tire, like as a human being, mm-hmm. like it's it's crazy. But yeah, so maybe Brady's trying to do that. I mean, can you imagine Brady sitting at the back table at the store, chopping it up with Santino and Marin? Mm-hmm. You know, after a after a, a tough five that he didn't really win the crowd over on a Friday night. I feel I feel like it might, it might be an exercise in. Learning how to be humble and take an L for the first time in his entire life, you know, to kind of well, I mean, quote he, eat he shit took... on stage, as they say. Obviously, he's he's been beaten up a little bit here and there, all the while having hundreds of millions of dollars and being able to have sex with anyone he's ever wanted isn't well at his fingertips. But I would say that he, I would say yes to all of that. But I think that going retiring from football, going back to the game losing your wife leaving you publicly for a fucking uh like a fitness instructor mm-hmm. um nothing wrong with that no i mean he's hot and they went to the caymans together you know or whatever but i mean look it's you know like that's that's a pretty public l nothing is as bad as getting booed at the store of course <laughs> it's a, it is a it's a, it's a it's a public l for sure what i want to know are all of the funny like actually funny teammates of his over the years who maybe even thought about giving a go at stand up, or you know, <laughs> yeah, the, maybe you, did a couple minutes of a you, chocolate yeah. Sundays or something like that. And like, you, are you fucking kidding me, Tom Brady? Uh, no, you know, and, I, and it's the same thing as fucking, you know, Paris Hilton doing a DJ set. Like, there's a lot of comedians out there who are going to get bumped so Tom Brady can get stage time. Well, look, I, I'm waiting for the first of all. Gronk definitely has more jokes in him than Tom Brady. Gronk's a beast on and off the court as well, or on <laughs> and court. off the field as well. Spoken as, like uh, a true. As the factory. Well, the real question is: the real question is, are we going to I don't get, know about the sports ball? And, and we'll be flying in for this if this happens. Are we going to get the Ti Tom Brady co headline? You know, at the Laugh Factory in Atlanta. That's the real. I forgot question. about Ti doing stand up. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem because Ti is like, if you if y'all don't laugh at me, I'll fucking shoot this place up. And everyone's like, all right, Ti, chill. Tiny will come in here and fucking cut someone. With Tom Brady, Tiny, it's an uphill battle in terms of getting the jokes. And I think I'm I'm kind of sympathizing for my doppelganger Aaron Rodgers right now. Because I know he was probably kind of thinking about doing a little bit of the same thing. I don't. And now I, it's not a novelty item anymore. Now he's going to be the second. I disagree. Most famous uh, NFL quarterback turned stand-up comedian. No, Aaron Rodgers' life is a joke, but that's the choices he made. And I think no, that he, his life is not a joke. He's, he was more considering. He went to a he went to a silent retreat. I don't think that's the kind of thing. Besides Chelsea Handler, what comedians doing that? I would love to go to a silent retreat. I mean, I don't agree with all of Aaron Rodgers's. Uh, okay, all right, chill out, Woody. You're takes. going, Woody. All right, Woody, relax. Woody, which Woody? <laughs> all the Woodies are bad now. Which one? You can't, you can't win, bro. You can't win. I, I mean, I, I did watch the SNL of of Woody Harrelson telling his roundabout story eleven t- eleven times. And fumbling over it because he has early onset stoner's dementia. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. I didn't really experience any sting that the world was experiencing from that. I think, like I said to you, I think half the people watching it were like, "I think was he was that trying to be cove? I don't know." Like I said to you, he's he's just it's just bad. It's like not funny, which people can't separate anymore. Like something can just be bad and not funny. I don't think he was really trying to like get one over. 
I don't think he was really trying to, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, he was, he was doing like a, you know, it was, it was him pausing and having to start the story over and over again. That was part of the anticipation and buildup, but he's creating so much pressure for him to really have to deliver Deliver, because he's attempting like a George Carlin or Bill Hicks style misdirection joke. And the guy's just like, what day is like he, he's on Saturday night live and probably doesn't know what day it is. You know, he's, he might not be the sharpest. Uh, I mean, I think he's just stone. Sharpest nug in the grinder. I think, yeah, he's not the sharp. I don't know if you want. <laughs> I don't know if you want sharp nugs, but I guess maybe, maybe you do. You know, Bro, I, I don't. Have you? Ever, you've never tried shatter, then? I guess. Oh, I guess that's true. I, I have tried shatter in my past. Don't worry. <laughs> Bro, shatter makes heroin look like a fucking Advil PM, dude. <laughs> fucking are, are, the shit that I got right now. Are you high right now, Jason? <laughs> I'm not high right now. Um, I'm high. I'm. You, you you probably experience runners high. I've got ellipticals high right now. I'm I'm juiced up. I'm gassed up. I'm feeling it. I don't think you can get. I don't think you can get high from the elliptical unless your knees don't work. But I guess you do have knee problems, so maybe it is kind of my knees don't work. Yeah. So yeah, nailed that one on the head. And uh, and I have I always have a good day when the the three horsemen of the Glendale apocalypse are at. Let's go. Who we got? Who we gym. got? All in all within spitting distance. These were all they were all all these all three of these Glendale Kings were within ten feet of each other at any given time. And I saw one of their penises today. <laughs> guess can I guess which one? Alright, list the three and let me guess which one's penis you saw. System of a down, bro, Mark Marin, and Bobby Carnival. <laughs> you definitely saw System of Down. The three horsemen. You definitely saw System of a Dick. No, I didn't. I saw his 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 whip game though, finally. What's he pushing? Mean little car. He's got he's got the brand new Mercedes um, electric, like the S five hundred electric, sitting all black on black. I need it's, to tell you a quick actually. anecdote for all my shutter bugs in New York, there, Jason. There's a very popular um, film developing lab called the Color House that's notoriously kind of expensive, but it's it's like where everybody went for a long time in Soho. And and, okay. and, and love to know how this how, how what this has to do with system of a down, but go on. He posted a photo today of his new Maybach <laughs> that he was able to buy, and the photographer what? the photography community was up in arms like these Kodak prices go up, and this motherfucker's buying a Maybach. This is fucked up in New York as well. I mean, he lives in New see, Jersey. I'm let's sure. Let's see what year it is. Let's see what year it is. Oh right no, now. it's it's clean. It's brand new. I think it might be it's brand okay. new off the lot. You know, it's fucked up. The oh three got for uh twenty eight. You know, it's I keep but clean but yeah but it was carnival's dick i probably shouldn't say that on the podcast but i would like to see i would like to i want you to kind of for the record not dinky i would like to see this core group get together for like a aa style meal it's it's giving 80 for brady honestly this trio (laughs) (laughs) oh shit it really is it's 58 for brady but still i think that could be cool if the four of you guys hit like whatever the local equivalent of the waffle house is you know that like seems right for you guys. No, four of us walking slow motion into Din Tai Fung, <laughs> like the usual, a, a bunch of Chinese food. Oh God! And then uh, so Marin's like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not drinking anything." Carnival's like, "Old fashioned." <laughs> Bobby, it's 11:30 on a Tuesday. Um, all right, we do have a guest today. Um, he's a he's a uh, friend of a lot of our our people. His name is Sam Lansky. Uh, he's a writer from New York. He lives in uh, beautiful Los Angeles. Um, he's got a couple books. He's a known ghostwriter. Um, he looks hot on Instagram. He's sober. Is he a known ghostwriter? Uh, well, I mean, known by me. Uh, that's out of the bag now. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at with him. 
Um, but he's excited to do the pod. He's got a hard out. He let me know because he's a real Hollywood type, you know? Well, uh, I like a man who's got a hard out, but not a hard in as we're in a Zoom with two people instead of three. But I'm sure he's going to bop in as soon as, as soon as he can. And uh, let's give him a Zoom and we'll have a chat with them right after the break. Hey, Jason, we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on. You're eating at restaurants you don't want to eat at all the time to appease myself and others. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to your health, health, there's no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who used your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or because they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors very close to you, and instantly book appointments with them online. Just like when I'm looking for new shoes on my sites, you can filter specifically, see which doctors take your insurance, located near you, maybe find a doctor that's far away from you for personal reasons you don't want to disclose. I use ZocDoc, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash howlong and download ZocDoc for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash howlong. ZocDoc.com slash howlong. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step (laughs) to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. The best way to learn a language? Immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. One in five Americans uh, have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Chris and I are going to the country of Georgia in a month or so, and they have a very unique language. And I will be using Babbel to try and just get a little bit of action so I can know how to order my uh, cold, my cold brew lattes and things like that in a way uh, that's actually science-based. Don't spend hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Use Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons. They're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new lingo in as little as three weeks. Here's the special limited time deal for our listeners right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com 
slash how long. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash how long, spelled B A B B E L dot com slash how long. Rules and restrictions may apply. Babel. Jason, if you're struggling with uh, grief, relationships, stress, which I don't think you have any of that, uh, or you're having trouble sleeping, or meeting your low, low goals, online therapy could be for you. Uh, BetterHelp is secure online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own accredited therapist, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. There's no waiting room. The service is available worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime to message your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists. If needed, we've all been there, haven't we? It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available in your area. Visit betterhelp.com slash how long and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. How Long Gone is sponsored by BetterHelp and our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash how long. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, and best of all it's totally free zero catch we've been using it ever since we started how long gone and ever since i discovered spotify for podcasters i feel like having the option of turning off the q a's and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh boost my creativity and take it to another level i highly recommend giving it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started all right, Sam. Um, I feel like I've been following you and your abs on Instagram, and <laughs> I feel like you've been on you've been on a little bit of a, a world tour. So, where are you coming to us from today? Actually, incredibly arriving <laughs> uh, to you from LA. Hard to believe, but I'm back, back <laughs> Hollywood, baby. Okay, so you're back in Hollywood. Are, I need, now does I, it... I need to steal that. I am incredibly arriving. <laughs> I am. <laughs> And I'll, really quick before we move forward, Sam, Chris mentioned he's been following your abs as you traverse this fine earth of ours. How many abs do we have? Six, eight, or 12? At the moment, no. <laughs> At the moment, absolutely not. That's, that's such an insane thing to be known for, honestly. Like, I, I cannot... I cannot think of a a crazier a crazier distinguishing characteristic than for me to have than abs. Um, I like the idea that you're embarrassed. You're like, oh my god, I'm smart too. You got to stop. No, I, I, I am absolutely taking it. I I have abs for exactly one week every summer 
and the rest of the time none at all <laughs> there's like one week where it just hits okay does that week coincide with any other global events happening in the world maybe on an island it, it weirdly it does not you would think that i, w- I would be able to line it up with like somebody's party in mykonos or something <laughs> okay um, so exactly yeah that's maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe i should i should work on that the annual boys trip to the maldives or something yeah when we get cut. exactly exactly i should also say that i i definitely only have abs when I'm taking a photo of myself. Like I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a version of somebody taking a picture of me like emerging from a pool like a or, okay. or a sea like a Bond girl where I have abs. I think I okay. think that's never going to happen. I think there's a there's a specific breath technique lighting okay. angle oh. has to be in a mirror. Okay, this is something all of which can produce can produce that. So unless you're directing the picture yourself, it ain't going to happen. And <laughs> that's and exactly what are right. some of these like tantric breath work maneuvers that you use to produce abs? Well, I think I think the point of it is more like I have to spend enough time in the mirror figuring out what to do with my breath. <laughs> okay. and, like how much how much there should be in my body okay. to Damn. get to get the look of how abs. much breath should like, be in being my body? gay is a lot of hard work. Yeah, this is yeah. too much for me. Yeah, this is- Yo, th- by the by the way, this is the story that nobody. This is what the mainstream media won't tell you. Being gay is exhausting. It is so exhausting. It is a relentless horror show. I'm so jealous of you guys in so many ways, but now that I, I'm finding out I could turn blue from trying to get an ab pick, it's not. I mean, it's sounding tough. It is. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's pretty harrowing out here. Nobody nobody thought this life would be easy. So so you're practiced enough now to where you can kind of move that rib cage around in a series of positions that you never thought were possible in the younger self. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. It's also, I would say, even more than the rib cage, although I am glad that you're bringing that up, um, introducing that into the conversation. Uh, more more than the rib cage, it's really about it's really about skin tautness, I think. That's the thing. That's oh. the thing that's really that's really going to um sometimes puffing out the belly could actually help you in terms of tautness. That's exactly exactly right. When you're when when you're puffing out the belly, when you take in a little more oxygen, mm. and it sort of fills you out. By the way, if somebody saw you from the side, they'd be like, "Oh, that's not that 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 person does not, <laughs> not does not have." Oxygen. I didn't think I didn't think men could get pregnant. Exa- exactly exactly get- exactly. But but from from the front, it then gives the appearance of. Abs, and that's how I became known for this in these circles. This is a good. This okay. is good stuff because I, you know, I was reading that uh, Matt Schneier's incredible uh, Ozempic article and didn't mention taut skin. I, I believe that for the Ozempic girlies, this is the next frontier. Is going to be an an odyssey uh, <laughs> in relation to skin tautness. That um, that because you know that there's that's a that's a difficult thing to navigate you know and and by the way nobody warns you nobody says um here with this ozempic prescription we're also going to trojan horse in the nightmare of having to worry about your skin tautness for the rest of your life <laughs> nobody tells that story and i think i think it's time we started i'm i'm ready for some brave individuals to step up and i'm kind of sick of having to live in the shadows when it comes to tautness well and I, i'm glad that you're giving a face to the faceless. I have one question for you. If not now, when? We're not getting any totter. <laughs> so true. <I> mean- <laughs> so true. So true. I'm trying to have a hot girl summer. 
right? Oh, no? Taut Girl Summer is catchy. No, you could sell that to someone. Okay. Taut Girl Summer. I mean, okay. right. that's the name of the article. I take it back. I don't, I hate it. <laughs> We're moving into a, I, I feel like people think this, a lot of people had a lot of opinions about this story. I looked at it more from like a anthropological standpoint and the, and the things that people are willing to do for what they deem beautiful or sexy you know um yeah but it also seems like uh it seems like a lot of these like tits are back i'm hearing you know like a lot of these kind of like 90s and early 2000s like trappings seem to be returning did you say tits are back chris that that's what i've been reading well as the as the kardashians fannies shrink when did they leave you know right it's it the the word on the street is that titties are coming back sam do you have an official opinion on that i do i do i have a lot of it i have i have i have many opinions it's hard to know where to begin that's how many opinions i have yeah actually sam as somebody who has a history of writing about body dysmorphia what is your relationship with titties coming back let's go that was, a, that was such a gorgeous segue wow um i uh i am i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that i'm i'm pro i'm pro titties coming back um i feel good about it i okay. support and endorse this i think it feels like and and by all means disagree with me it feels like in the way we are talking about all of this, we have all like we being consumers have become savvier to the ways in which like all of this kind of cyclical trend driven stuff is like a, a, a trip born, a trick born of the capitalist nightmare that we are all living in. Like, I, I feel like I feel like half of or more of the buckle fat discourse that i saw was about people talking about how in two weeks you know chunky cheeks are going to be back in and you're going to have to go back to the doctor and <laughs> yeah, get your yeah. fat injected back into your <laughs> face because i know i know this is disappointing for both of you um as it is for me for obvious reasons i'm still paying it off <laughs> yeah by the way same <laughs> i don't have this kind of money bro I, I can't go squirrel mode i can't go squirrel mode after getting i know, sucked I know. Out. The, the chipmunk cheeks are going to have a huge summer i'm hearing that's what people are forecasting well I, I think hopefully in the future as technology progresses we will be able to sort of the same way we can get a vasectomy reversed and and re-reversed over and over again easier every year the same thing will happen with with titties and and ass shots and things like that you can just it'll be a, a setting on your app and you just hit a button and then okay ass is back here we go i think that would really expedite um what has become i think quite a grisly process for for a lot of people <laughs> um and i like the sound of that i think my general feeling is like i i love living in a world where everyone can do exactly whatever they want to their bodies to feel good about themselves and i i have like a fairly libertarian approach to that like you you want to take ozempic you want to get your buckle fat removed like go off a billion percent and <laughs> it feels like um it feels so obvious that all of these trends are about making people feel bad about themselves so you can sell them stuff Sure. And it is starting to feel like more cynical and also more sinister than I think I remember it feeling before. Like, I feel like I can, I'm starting to see the seams of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think other people are too, which is why our discourse is, is sort of moving in the direction that it is. Yeah. So all that is to say, like, I'm, I'm pro anybody doing whatever they want to do and feeling good about themselves and good about their bodies, which, you know, is hard to do in our 
capitalist hell world. No, I think there's but, some. <laughs> but go go ahead. No, no, I do think there's some darkness to it. I mean, like, I guess the the Ozimpec story to me was more just like people are fucking insane. But that's how I feel every time I read anything. Almost that has quotes in it. Yeah. So it's it's not that it's not that far. But it's it's like I think people were really shocked to hear people talking that way. And for better or worse, people in my life talk that way. Yeah. Like none of that. You know what I mean? Like none of that is surprising to me because I know a lot of people that talk like that, whether they're living that life or not, they kind of speak that way. So it wasn't shocking to me. What specifically are you are you talking about? Are you talking about people's like sort of single minded focus on on yes, this? On themselves. On themselves. Yes. Yeah. And their bodies. On them on themselves and like their looks and just being like, that's, you know, that's not uncommon in the, in the kind of worlds that we traffic in. It's usually done like, you know, with a, with a wink or like a tongue in cheek. I don't, I don't think I'm dealing with absolute lunatics, but like, if I'm a mom in the Midwest, that article is going to fucking shock me. But if you're any of us, it's not going to be shocking at all is, is my point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. But I also think like it feels like such an inevitable byproduct of the culture that we've created. Like we have created a culture that is so pathologically crazy about bodies and appearance and, uh, you know, the, the death cult of beauty. And then we are surprised when people are dying for it. And it's like it, it this feels very much like the, the monster we have created through myriad cultural forces. Um, and so, you know, I, I I hear you that, like, there's definitely a demographic that's going to be like, uh, people are doing what? <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I think, like... I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying it's good that we're desensitized to it. That's not what I mean at all. Yeah. I just mean yeah, that there's, no, totally. there's different way that, you know, people are coming to it differently, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Back in my day, I just have a cigarette instead of food. Yeah. Well, Classic. Still works. You know, still still works. Still cigarettes, works. cigarettes are also back, so you know, go off. I mean, it's honestly crazy to see the cigarette return the way that it has. It really is back in a way that I don't remember, except in my like early twenties, where it was like it wasn't considered as bad as it is now. But people just don't care. So, do we think it's hedonism? Is it nihilism? Is it some combination thereof? Is it that smoking is glamorous and sexy at the end of the day? I think that the just overall cigarette use kind of declined over the last few years and then the rise of vape culture came and then so many people rejected yeah. vaping because it's just so embarrassing yeah uh, so you know there was a like a, a reaction to that and, and cigarettes came back and they're just like fuck it i don't give a shit anymore. i think there i, think I have the, to smoke something yeah i think the combination of that and then covid where people like just had nothing to do and like you can't you know, you, you're just truly bored and you can't do coke all day. I mean, you can, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. not, it's not quite the same. Um, so I think that's a big part of it too. But it seems to be, my, but, but that, that being said, it seems to be continuing um, at an even uh, uh, faster clip, I would say. Like, I feel like I see it more than I've seen it, seen it in, in years. I kind of love it. I kind of love it. That's my hot take. I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's great for the culture. Yeah. I say, bring it on. I think like, you know, there's been, um, I don't know, there's such a, a kind of puritanical self-denying streak to our culture, especially around anything, you know, in terms of how we equate um, discipline and virtue. And like, I think, I think, I think a cheeky cigarette is not the worst thing in the world. As long as it's cheeky, then I'm fine. <laughs> okay, good to know. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I mean, especially, I think a, maybe another contributing factor is the fact that, you know, they're telling you that fentanyl's in everything that you could possibly do drug-wise. 
Yeah. You know, right. and there are people that are truly scared of that. Whereas in my day, I would have just done it and crossed my fingers. Yeah. You know, I think that like when grown adults are testing their Coke for fentanyl, it's probably a little bit like, you know what? I'll just have a couple beers and a cigarette tonight. I don't need to do <laughs> yeah. all that. It's a lot of work. I think, yeah. I think that's right. I, th- I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. Um, it's, it's a way to be a little naughty and a little, uh, self-destructive without, um, actually risking your life in any immediate way. Um, I heard a rumor a couple months ago, and I don't know if this is true because when I tell you I am out of the game, I'm really, really out of the game. <laughs> but somebody told me that they're selling ethical Coke in LA now. Yeah, that's, have you heard you, this? You, they heard it from Jason on this podcast. Jason buys ethical drugs. Oh shit, really? Well, not, I mean, <laughs> oh wow. It's a, it's a pandemic, I would say. Um, you mean like ethically sourced cocaine? Yes. Yes. Like green, green in a symbolic, <laughs> like, metaphorical like, sense. Cooking. <laughs> not. Not like Grinchy green cocaine. Um, I got my Slimer. I got my Slimer eight ball from my guy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like Mountain Dew cocaine. Um, No, uh, the Coke is green in Australia, but Um, unrelated. I I really. I I mean, I think that's an amazing idea. Well, they they have cocaine in different colors there, just to make it fun because the Coke is so bad there. You got to do something. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Um, They might get it from Bali too, but. I, th- I think uh, I think it's a beautiful idea. I don't know how much more money that's going to cost, but if people don't, you know, if people are going to spend a thousand dollars a month on Ozempic, then they're going to, you know, they don't have a problem spending a little extra money to know that they have ethically sourced cocaine. And I would like to try that because it must not burn as much, right? No, absolutely not. This is a, this is a, an amazing exercise in branding and marketing. A classic wool over the eyes of the. Um, seemingly informed consumer who has like a golden retriever and two kids with obnoxious names and drives the Volvo SUV to pick up pick up at daycare. That's who this is for. I, I want to meet that consumer. I want to <laughs> shake their hand. But I used to love cocaine. Yeah, I mean, it's for people like that. Same here. To me, same I here. I, I I hear you. But I you were you. you're an early you're like an early adopter and then early you're you're a classic born in New York flamed out early. Uh, not not I love this. Not not born in New York, but certainly raised. Um, not not all for <laughs> for good. Um, yes, I I was I was quite a teen terror and uh, spent the latter part of my adolescence um, kind of bouncing in and out of rehabs and then uh, got sober when I was 19. And all of that is the subject of my of my first book, my memoir. Um, actually, I think in many ways, it was good and therapeutic that I did all of that so young and then wrote the book about it so young because I kind of just got the whole thing out of the way. You know what I mean? It's not even like I had to do a painful decades later revisitation of it in some autobiographical thing. Yeah. Like I just got the whole the whole run of it, including the story, um, all resolved within about 10 years. Um, so, uh, I say, I say wins all around. Yeah. Let's celebrate that. I like, well, no, I like that. That's a real, that's a real big dick move to write a fucking memoir at 27. He said, I'm pulling the hog out and letting you guys know. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Cause most people are like me, a memoir. Like I haven't lived enough and you're like, I got enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm good. good, I'm good. I'm ready. I don't think I, I, I don't think any, any gays in their twenties are saying who me, they're all saying like more attention. (laughs) Which is exactly what I was doing. Um, So, who would want to hear my story? (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Little old me. (laughs) Since you wrote it at such a young age, does that mean that there's no reason for you to not have multiple memoirs over your life? Do you want to write another one? 
now that you've lived so much and dined at San Vicente Bungalow so many times? Oh my God, you're saying all the right things. Um, yes, uh, I. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 a million times. Yes. Um, no, I, uh, I, I wrote that book, um, and then I realized that I had more, more about myself to say, toxically. <laughs> um, Wouldn't you know? Uh, and so that sort of became the basis for my second book, which is a novel but is uh, autobiographical in nature and sort of like a a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, commentary sounds self-aggrandizing, so I'm not going to say that. But like it was meant to reflect on the sort of nature of self-narrative and like how we tell stories about ourselves and and why do we do that? And um, aren't we always kind of self-deluding when we tell stories about ourselves? Um, so the, the form was as much a comment on the, the, all of that as the comment was, if that makes sense. So, so that, that book, um, that book, I think really in an interesting way, I will be honest, by the time I was done, like with that press run, I did not want to talk about myself anymore. And I think I actually cured myself of my... (laughs) Um, (laughs) self-absorbed desire to make autobiographical work. Um, And I say that with like great affection and admiration for everybody who does make really good autobiographical work. Um, I am proud of my autobiographical work and I am so excited to hopefully never do that ever again uh, (laughs) because it, it is not interesting to me at all anymore and other people in their stories and imagined stories and um, you know, all of that became a lot more interesting to me after i was sort of done writing two books both about me which took like my entire 20s <laughs> well i think we're living in a little bit of a i think the 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 young memoir um i think we're living in the golden age of that for better or worse yeah like i can think of i think quite of a lot of them um and i don't think that it's um i think uh, the ones that rise to the top are successful, but it's based mostly on the, the life that has been lived. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's like if shit is that good and you're that good at talking about it, then the world probably needs it. Otherwise, you know, save it for a Tumblr post. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I, I also think like, you know, I hear from a lot of people who say some version of, I really want to write a book. I, I feel like I have a book in me, you know, someday I will write a book. And I always want to say to them, don't like really don't <laughs> with, with like great, great love and respect. Um, it's a huge, huge, huge amount of work to put into something that, um, that, you know, the ROI is really, really challenging on books. <laughs> and I'm so proud. I'm so proud of the work that I put into mine. And I definitely don't regret it by any means what are you considering and factoring in the emotional roi as well yeah 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 that's what i was gonna that's what i was gonna ask because everyone i've talked to about writing a memoir um or something just based on your life is like you better be ready because it's going to cause problems yeah basically it, it it does it does it causes a ton of problems um and and you know not least of which for me is like you know, at the age of 24, when I was writing this book, and I, th- I think I was 24 when we took it out to publishers, I did not have the, um, the, the maturity or the kind of like depth perception to forecast ahead to a life where there was this like 
huge digital footprint of all and physical, like, you know, in stores across the country footprint of all of the most embarrassing things I had ever done. Like, I just wanted the attention, you know, sure. obviously I wanted to like start my career. I wanted to write a book. I'd always dreamed of writing a book. It, it didn't occur to me that like, you know, I would, I would be walking into a meeting 10 years later where I'm trying to be taken seriously. And somebody's like, Oh yeah, I read your book. That thing about you, you know, freebasing meth for, and you know, like <laughs> sucking that guy's dick was pretty crazy. And I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I did. I did write about that. That was, that was cool. Um, I'm so glad that I, that I did that and put that onto the world with no thought whatsoever for how it would feel to have that follow me around it has to be that way though it has to be that way if you thought of you know what i mean if you think about it it's not totally. going to be the same it's not going to be as good yeah a billion percent and i and i'm i'm glad and i celebrate my 24 year old self who did not care and was like let's just put it all out there um and and it's not like i think it's it's you know kept me from any you know uh, opportunities that i would have wanted or something it's more like i think i have become more protective of my privacy and more interested in, I guess, my dignity, which is just not something it ever would have occurred to me to have in my 20s. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, sure. and, and now those things like actually feel like sort of precious currencies that I that I really want to protect. But my 24 year old self wasn't thinking that far ahead. So um, I, I, like on one hand, yes, I'm so I'm so happy and, and grateful that I did and really proud of the work that went into it. And on the other hand, it's like there are so many variables that you just don't think through until until you do it. And that that, you know, tends to be a, a very good teacher. I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear that you're thinking now. That's good, man. That's growth. It took me a while. <laughs> what does it feel like to have dignity? Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us. We have a podcast, so we don't have any. Obviously, What's that like? you'll you'll have to ask my dear friend Ozempic without <laughs> it. <laughs> I would have done. I would just well, be um, disgusting. Speaking of kind of valuing your privacy and your private life more so as you've gotten older, can you tell me a thing that you've done recently and not told anyone about? Oh, a thing that I've done recently and not told anyone about. Could be something you bought, something you did. Wow, this is good. You're going to have to you guys are going to have to edit out Edit out like a thirty-second-long pause that's about to happen. As I know you'd be shop. I know you'd be. I know you'd be shopping, doing some irresponsible spending. Yes, that is true. Um, okay, uh, I. Um, I was only asking um, because on your Instagram you have a the two. 2023 ins and outs list post and one of them is doing things and not telling anyone about it so i'm giving you space which is ironically the next thing uh <laughs> to to share that yeah space in that context not more like the final frontier um but uh <laughs> but i appreciate the space you're giving me as well um that's that's really nourishing um <laughs> what is a thing that i did recently that i didn't tell anyone about did you buy balenciaga again i didn't buy balenciaga uh have i bought any balenciaga recently no um, <laughs> no uh i um i have been i have been spending like a lunatic i have been shopping a lot a thing that i did that um that i is both stupid and practical <laughs> on some level like it's it's stupid to it's stupid to anyone listening who has like a reasonable relationship with money or stuff it's <laughs> perfectly logical for me uh is they had like everything was just like 
fucking slashed on the SN sale <laughs> and they had fucking slashed. It was dude, it was slashed. It was 40 to 60% off things that You don't have to tell us about the Essence sale, honey. We know what it is. That a girl could only dream of. My question for you is, did you venture into the everything else tab and then scroll down to home to find that they had 40 to 60% off on candles that you can never find on sale. Well, I, I well I need to ask you which candles you're talking about. Because I'm, I, I'm I, talking about Udon. I had a feeling. I'm talking about Durga. Okay. I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, Margiela. You I'm can level with about, this here? Like, you can level with this here? How many candles did we purchase? 14. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I actually bought 14 <laughs> candles. I'm cheating a little bit because I sent a screenshot to... A friend of mine and was like, I'm so mentally ill, like I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. Um, that I just bought 14 candles. Um, but uh, but yes, I bought 14. It's no 14 candles is nice because you you can have some in the closet if you need a last minute gift before you rush out. That's you know? exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is so practical. <laughs> we have we have such a large listenership. Uh, I'm sure a lot of your friends are listening. So if you give them a candle, they're gonna be like, mm, "Essence sale candle, what a sweetheart, awesome." You know what's you know what's really fucked up is, and, and I wish I had known this, and now I've learned my lesson is they all have. I really am glad that we're talking about this. Cause I need to get this off my chest. They are all um, marked with a essence sticker on the side, like a barcode sticker that does not peel cleanly off. It leaves like a little adhesive, <laughs> adhesive remnants, strip. remnants. So there's some evidence. It leaves adhesive remnants such that I don't think I can gift any of these because they're clockably essence. <laughs> um, I, before you kind of hire a forensics expert to come over and remove this completely, <laughs> I would I would try just yes, which I am gonna do. I have a guy rubbing alcohol in a Q-tip can do wonders on on removing adhesive. Give it a try. I believe you, but I'm also concerned about the rubbing alcohol stripping the like. Jason, look, Jason, no, Jason's shoplifted a lot of stuff and had to do okay. this in his life. Okay. So he this is he's a trusted source. But my question, because because I'm a I'm a candle guy, you know, yeah, I, I'm I, I just I don't like to deviate fragrance. I would buy I would only buy fourteen of the same one or two maybe. Right. So the fact that you have such a an okay, appetite for fragrance, and and the I'm I'm just surprised at your range, and that's not a, I'm just I thought <laughs> well, most you, people were like you me. should be Chris, you should be surprised <laughs> because it is because it is quite surprising. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I, I have found myself <laughs> wanting a variety. I found myself wanting to um, go into different okay, rooms. Grinder, go off. Into different rooms and <laughs> smell different fragrances. And um, it's been rewarding. And- so the third bedroom gets one. The bathroom gets one. Like the the mud room. So you're you're kind of separating your house by fragrance. Well, I don't have a mud room because I'm not a billionaire. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I, I, the, the rest of it, everything else, yes. I have, um, right now I am burning a Trudon in the living room. I have a Diptyque in the kitchen, uh, Maison Louis-Marie in my bedroom, and another one in my den this where is- I'm currently... <laughs> Um, this, this, this is Jimmy good. Dude. This is good. This is good. These are all these are all burning currently, or they're just no, no, okay, no, no, okay, okay. no. Um, 
No, uh, the the only one that's burning um, currently is uh, the one that I left burning in the living room when I ran into the den to uh, <laughs> jump on this with you guys. Well, okay. another a, a question then, if you're okay, if this is how serious you take the fragrance of your, I'm so glad you're talking about beautiful this. home. Wow. Yeah, keep going. Are, are you are you looking for the same variety in your in your personal fragrance on your body, or are you kind of because I'm a one sh like I have a bunch of stuff, but I only really use one. Like, what is your approach? He's like steve jobs with the spray i'm i'm issy miyaki turtlenecks only you know yeah I mean? no uh, yeah, yeah. The, the black turtleneck mm. i totally get it um i have been uh i've been cycling but in seasons not day to day okay. if okay. that makes okay. sense <laughs> like i'll go through i'll go through a run i'll go through a run right now i'm in a run of um come de garçon hinoki one nice the, the monocle collaboration a classic the monocle collaboration which Critically, I failed to mention, I bought two of that scent in a candle on the SN sale. They were like seventy percent. Now off. we're talking. I know. I now, now, now we're, we're talking. Now, now we're going. We're going full <laughs> psycho mode. This is what I like. This is some shit I would do. Okay, Sam. Um, do you use this much attention and care and thoughtfulness in your lighting design and concepts? Um, I have, I, I am renting my house and I swapped out not only the overhead light <laughs> fixtures, but also the bulbs for a softer, <laughs> kind of dewier, yeah. more yellow filament yep. bulb storyline. <laughs> Where's your okay, dewy so you section at Home Depot? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I marched on over to the dewy section and I said, <laughs> give me 20 bulbs. I'm here. Yeah, right. That's the, this is okay. So you, the house is feeling it, it smells good. The lighting is sexy. It sounds like you're welcoming visitors, or is this just something that you? This is something you do for yourself. This is the way. This is the way I live, and it's really weird, and it's getting weirder the longer and longer I live alone. I'm gonna have to like either like lock down a partner or get a roommate or something because I'm getting so weird in my uh, living alone um fastidious gay man uh behavior and if you keep getting these checks then it's only going to get more and more weird as time progresses i know it's gonna it's gonna get worse and worse i'm gonna get real real weird i see i see what time does to men like me it's not pretty <laughs> um but uh like uh ryan o'connell who who i know you know um whenever he comes over to my house he's always like what the fuck like were you just cleaning like do you just live like this because i'm very orderly this is hot honestly like sam this, and this is hot like and lived in we love orderly yeah i i really i love i love order it's dangerous question sam when you check into a hotel room how much time and work do you put into rearranging things removing artwork and things like that before you're feeling comfortable i don't rearrange i don't do anything to artwork um i okay. uh i I've taken to traveling with my own candles and I'm willing to admit that. Oh, that's light work. That's light work. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the resistance, King. Yeah, it's good to have you <laughs> Thank here. Thank you so much. Um <laughs> I am also I have become increasingly a person who, unless it's just for one night, if it's more than one night, I'm gonna unpack. And I'm gonna put everything away in drawers, and I'm everything up. Okay, now, okay, now you're talking like a chick. <laughs> um, that that's where I, that's that's where I draw the line. I, I ain't gonna I ain't unpacking. I think it really seriously. Now, unless it's a room. No, I turned into an unpacker as well. Have you really? Unless it's a space issue. Unless it's a space issue. I have. No, I mean it's like a it's like a thing that 
you I have to do it as soon as I check in or else I'm not going to do it. But as soon as I check yeah. in, unpack, put everything, hang it up on the hangers. It, it feels so good. Uh, the other thing I have taken to doing is even if I get in really late, I can't go to bed unless I have fully unpacked and everything from from coming back on a trip when I get home, unpacked everything, put everything away done laundry, whatever. Like I need to have it all done to sort of psychologically close, that's a good, that's a psychologically good close the door on the trip. And then when I wake up in my space and everything is put away and unpacked, I'm like, I can resume this. I, I can begin this next chapter of my life I'm back. post trip. Yeah. I have arrived incredibly. When you're, when you arrive back from that trip, the car service takes you back to WeHo. How long is that first shower before you go to bed? You're scrubbing. You're a scr- you're scrubbing. I'm going to be honest with you. I take a bath. Oh my mm. god, this man! Okay. Uh, you're you're yeah. really living in the lap of luxury. Thinking man shower. So you draw. So yeah. So you you draw a hot bath and just dip your little body into it. I draw. I draw a hot bath. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> That's usually what I want to do after a, after a plane journey. Yeah. Uh, and it feels good. And I'm not going to apologize or defend. <laughs> no one, no one, no one asks you to apologize or defend. We are in a desert, but yeah, good. You, you better not, Sam. When you um, when you were a, a kid, maybe dreaming about making it big one day, how did you did you envision yourself to be living like this, or did you have a different kind of dream or, or of how you envisioned your your home to be? I had a different dream. I think um, I thought it was going to be. <laughs> nicer but also i would care about it less i think um <laughs> like I, I i think i projected more opulent luxury and me moving through it n- not giving a shit about any of it mm-hmm. um and instead it's it's a little humbler and a little cozier and i am much more invested in it and intentional about it than i imagined i would be sounds like you grew up watching the nanny weirdly i didn't i didn't and and you would you Hmm. would think that yeah i know jason jason disappointing disappointing for us both jason what's going what's going on with you you've been talking about the nanny a lot lately yeah can we unpack that i haven't i haven't mentioned the nanny in months chris you mentioned the you mentioned the nanny in the group chat yesterday and you just mentioned it today on the program did i yeah you did i haven't watched the nanny in a long time but that doesn't mean you haven't been he mentioned jerking off to the nanny that's two different things. That's fair. Oh, she is. Cool. I mean, for her age, the her outfits. Oh my god. But <laughs> yeah. Um. No. When he mentioned living a more opulent, I see. luxurious lifestyle and kind of yeah, I, floating I see the through it in a careless manner. Yeah. It, it made me. It reminded me of that beautiful ensemble cast. Yeah. I see. Sam, Sam, you you dabble in Hollywood, right? Not just not just zip code, but uh, writing. I would I would say that I'm I'm in the um fairly rarefied position of working constantly and never getting anything made which is awesome um so you're a writer yes exactly um which has been such a disorienting shift for me after coming up in journalism really like kind of coming up on twitter and then into journalism and then writing books always sort of understanding that like with rare exceptions the pact was i write this thing and then people in the public read it and experience it um to now like level into this place where i'm i'm working constantly um and it is it is not uh taking shape in the public is so weird 
And I've spent the last several years sort of like pinching myself periodically to be like, do I, uh, do I still exist? Like, do I have a body? <laughs> sure. Um, sure. Do, do I still take corporeal form or have I just like floated off? Um, well, I mean, a, at least the, at least a the, room of executives. The thing that people need to understand, though, about this, and I, I do feel for you, but you also get paid for this. So it's, you know, it's uh, absolutely, it, you absolutely. know, it, it's it is a funny game, though. I'm sure after a few times, you're like, look, I, I don't mind getting paid a little less if we can actually make this fucking thing. Yes. You know, can we work out a deal here? Yes, <laughs> that's that's extremely my attitude as of late. And I think I um I, I was getting pretty salty about it last year after a couple, you know, hits of things that I, I really thought were going to go, um, then not moving forward. And I kind of leaned out of that and was like, I'm having a pretty good time. I'm getting to write stuff that I think is really fun and that I'm really excited about. Um, and, and, you know, something's going to go at some point. And in the interim, I'm, I'm going to have a good time and, and make money and enjoy the fact that, um, somebody's actually going to pay me to make stuff up and then write it down. Like it could be worse, you know, <laughs> could be worse mm -hmm. trying, trying to do a little attitude adjustment about it. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it, it does, it does get one down, you know? No, I mean, I think that's totally, I think that's totally fair. I mean, it's like, I don't, you know, I, I can't imagine that as a person who, put something out three times a week the day after we record it it's pretty it's like there, there's some grat gratification that comes with that of just like doing it and getting it done you know and then it's totally on to the next one um the other thing that i know about you uh is that you do some writing for other people and they don't uh we don't know it's you if you know what I'm saying, this is true. And this is true. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated with this process because I've had other friends that have done this before, and I'm pretty familiar with with what I think the process is. But I think that it how how does one embody someone else? Like, how do you really? You know what I mean? Like, how do you? Is it is it just spending so much time with them and talking to them about about everything, or is it is it sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't? Uh, it's so interesting because I've never talked about this. I'm going to and I'm doing big air quotes when I say this publicly before. <laughs> sure. um, uh, so um, let me let me <laughs> choose my words very carefully. Um, what has been interesting about this for me is, you know, with a process like this, there was no model for how to learn what to do right like nobody nobody really talks about it um there was actually a times article pretty recently uh about this i think after um spare was published uh where they talked to a few a few collaborators um and people in publishing but for the most part it's pretty you know it's all fairly cloak and dagger um and so when i when i started doing it there was no um there was no rubric for like how to do this successfully. I had no idea how much time you should spend with someone, what you should ask them, how sort of intimate or boundary that relationship should be, um, how you produce a voice that sounds like that. Like all of that was just yeah. totally, I, I had to make up everything about it as I went along, which I, I don't think there are a lot of, um, comps for that in the world most of the time you can observe someone doing something or ask someone how you do something and to go into a fairly high stakes environment with absolutely no idea how it is supposed to go or how anybody else who does this job would do it um was an incredibly disorienting thing so i just made it up as i went along and my process has been 
to spend so much time with people that I feel like I know them well enough that I can speak in their voice. Yeah. Like, so, so then I become a sort of instrument of, or conduit of what they would say. Uh, and it feels very fluid. When you say that, like when you say spend that amount of time, is it like, is it, I'm sure it differs from project to project, but is it like kind of like work time or is it just kind of like, I'm, I'm going to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it is it like I'm sitting across a desk from you? We're interviewing, basically, or is it like I'm going to the grocery store? We're picking up the kids. We're doing this. We're doing that, so I can really see it. Yeah, it's 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 more like that. I've I've lived with people. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so crazy. I mean, of, I think that. Go ahead, Jason. Of of all the people that you've ghostwritten for, who who's been the one that you got along with the most? <laughs> I cannot say that. Um. <laughs> But uh, fair, fair. what I what I will say is I would characterize these as some of the most um, intimate and rewarding relationships of my life. Mm-hmm. And I mean that with total sincerity. I have been um, I have found it to be a really profound experience. And uh, and I and I do mean profound um, when you are helping someone try to figure out how to tell their story um especially if they have really deep wounds you know whether they've had therapy or not or whether it's fully processed or not like you're really a container for some incredibly incredibly personal material and processing and it's it's been just kind of a a crazy surreal experience especially with people who are high profile um to get to be like the person that they are figuring this out with sometimes Mm -hmm. for the first time um, so it's, it's a really insane, insane thing to get to do and incredibly cool. And I feel very lucky. And the reason I'm being veiled about it, um, is because I don't want to fuck it up because I feel so lucky to, to, sure, get, sure. to get to do sure. it. No, you know? of course, of course. Um, really? I mean, the, que- the, the question, the question is then, is there, is there sometimes a little bit of, uh, bristling against the process from someone where it's like they know what they've signed up for but it takes a little while for you guys to kind of lock in and and for them to understand that you ain't going anywhere kind of thing everyone is different um i think there's definitely you know people's people's attachment styles um you know uh, unveil themselves pretty quickly sure um in a process like this uh i I will say that I have been very fortunate to trust my instincts about who I want to work with and who I don't. Um, and I'm also, and a lot of this I've sort of found out after the fact, um, there are there are people, really, really talented people, who can um, help someone produce a book so efficiently, you would not believe it. I mean, like hours on the clock, and then like, book is done. And I think that's mind blowing and I could never, ever, ever do that. And when I've heard of other people's quotes for how much time they would need <laughs> yeah, from someone, like, what, I am, my, my jaws, my jaws on the floor. Like <laughs> Harry, I, Harry, we can get this thing done in a weekend, bro. Well, let me, let me three get, day weekend. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean like people, I, I actually think the, um, uh, J.R. Morinder who did, um, uh, spare, um, and I think that's public knowledge. It was in the uh, Times article. Yeah. Um, I think he his process is very like involved and intimate the way mine is. And there are people who who are just machines and and crank these out so efficiently. Um, and I I bring that up because 
when I'm talking to someone about a project, I'm really, really upfront about what I'm going to ask of them and that I'm going to challenge them and push them and push back on them mm -hmm. and call bullshit if I think they're edging into um, self-deception mm. and um, and that we're going to dig and try and be super fearless and it's going to be hard and uncomfortable and, and I'm going to ask a lot of them. And that has made people you know, say, I don't think this is the right fit. And, and that's totally <laughs> I'm fine. All, I'm all set on this. I'm all set. You can leave. Yeah, like, I, like, I don't want to do that. Like this is, this is a brand extension, you know, like, and, and that's <laughs> so fine. And, and, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's fantastic for them and fantastic for the people that they're working with. Um, I'm, I really stress, you know, from the beginning, that I am going to, you know, push and dig and, and it's going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and anytime <laughs> there's resistance, that's where I'm going to dig. Like anytime something feels tender, like I am going to push on it because that's always where the most interesting thing is. Um, so I think people know going in, that's part of my, uh, you know, I see that as my responsibility. Um, in terms of producing work that people can really be proud of and and stand behind, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I say all the time when I kind of zoom out from it because I'm I'm you know working on a novel and and I have uh, two features that I'm writing and and I have all you know this great sort of um, array of of things to keep me busy. This is by a mile the weirdest thing that I do. It is so deeply <laughs> surreal. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird as hell. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I just think that. Also, like society as a whole is like aware of, yeah, you know. But but like, unless it says you know, with in the in the byline, then I don't think people are thinking about it. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like like I don't think people people are aware of it, but they don't actually process like what it means when they're reading things. So I think it's it's interesting to hear about it from from someone who actually does it. Yeah, and and you know, the other thing I'll say is I I was really clear, you know, from from the first project I worked on that I didn't want or need to be credited and it wasn't something that I was interested in um both because you know I really liked and felt good about the lane that I had carved out for myself under my name as a writer with yeah. with journalism yeah. that I was really proud of and books that I was really proud of and and you know with books it's like you sort of never know when it's somebody else's story like this is going to resonate and and what kind of reception it's going to have and like is this something that i want to be known for in the first place and i kind of decided that that not that i was ashamed of it or wanted to distance myself from it it just wasn't um something that i wanted to lead with frankly so so i i you know never wanted or advocated for credit and i am so glad that i did that because one of the best things about this you know this work for me has been truly feeling like no matter how intimately involved I am on a line level, structurally um, asking good questions, like dealing with, you know, the, the kind of um, mechanics of publishing, all of that, like whoever I'm working with, they're their words. Like my goal is to make it 100% your words. Yeah, yeah. And they might be words that you wouldn't have come to without me pestering you. <laughs> and they might be structured in a way that's more elegant than you would have done on your own. But like, it's your, they're your words, they're your story. And like, far be it from me to 
try and uh, elbow my way into it. I hope I can afford you when it's time. You, you know I'm what I mean? so sorry, I'm... Chris. I don't. I think that's unlikely. <laughs> I think that's really unlikely. <laughs> I think that's unlikely. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I know you're doing okay, but I just I, I'm kind of familiar with your stuff. <laughs> Let me know if this is uh, triggering or not, or you don't want to answer it. But we have a segment on our show where we have guests on who have enjoyed drugs in their lifetime, and we ask them their top three favorite prescription pills of all time. Oh man. Okay. No, it's not triggering at all. Okay. Um, I. He's uh, like, it's not triggering at all. I'm a meth guy, so it's not really a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. Okay, I loved, I loved any amphetamine. I loved Adderall. I loved Ritalin. I loved Concerta. I loved Dexedrine. Dexedrine probably most of all. Wow, real th- All right, all right, Brady Snellis, relax. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really did, guys. I really did. Um, in in some faraway corner of my life. So, what was our, what was your brand of cigarette when you were on that Dex? Oh, I smoked Camel, Turkish lights i want to say they don't make those anymore do they i I like the turkish the turkish lights like actually 2005 yeah and and they were really good they really they really god i smoked i smoked a lot <laughs> they, they gave those away in the clubs back then i believe it i don't remember it but it sounds right <laughs> um i i often think when i look around at like gays in la like man, they're all really skinny or like, they're all really fucking jacked. And I'm like, oh, they're all on Adderall. Like, <laughs> I, I just have to, I have to like, remember that like, all of them are on Adderall. Ozempic and, uh, and Adderall now. Ozempic and Adderall. Yeah, that's the the breakfast of champions. Um, So I, I would say I want, I wouldn't even call it craving because I don't really, um, I don't really crave anything anymore. But I find myself wishing that I could have a a Xanax or some benzodiazepine Mm -hmm. more often than I wish for anything else. Like when I'm, when I'm flying, for example, Mm -hmm. or when I'm in some sort of state of heightened anxiety, like to the, the option to take like a Xanax or a Klonopin is always so feels very alluring to me and feels like Mm -hmm. I should be able to just do that. Like that, that would be, that would be so nice. That would make all of this so much more, manageable get that demon out of your head boy exactly exactly it's so noisy it's so noisy up there Mm -hmm. um and um i went through a um period during the pandemic where um i was just i had so much anxiety and i was really not taking care of myself and and my sleep deteriorated so badly and i cycled through trying a bunch of sleeping pills including what had been my favorite as a teenager ambient and it was weird to be like taking it again as a sober adult and ultimately i discontinued it because i think that's one of the scariest drugs out there um Mm -hmm. but uh it was so much fun oh my god it was so much fun i was just (laughs) goofy and loopy i believe watch me like get sued by glaxo smith klein or whoever manufactured (laughs) it tomorrow glaxo not glaxo my name glaxo's gonna knock on my door and be like we heard what you we heard the shit you were talking about ambient (laughs) um so uh but um i oh my god i had had so much fun taking taking ambient um that is such a that is such a weird joyride for me mostly because i believe and i really do believe this that it doesn't 
make you sleepy. It just gives you retrograde amnesia. So you can't remember that you weren't <laughs> sleeping. Like there's no, there is no soporific effect in that drug. It just it just puts you into enough of a brownout. I, f- I forgot that I couldn't go to sleep, so I might as well just go to sleep. Yeah, like, so So you don't remember that for three hours you were up padding around your house sending weird emails, Postmates sing red vines, and eating me, like, whatever the fuck. Eating peanut butter out of the jar. Yeah, exactly. Um, all of the, the weird shit that I did. So, uh, yeah, I, um, I should say that while... Uh, as with all things, I think everyone should do whatever they want to do with their with their body and their brain. Um, and I respect, support, and endorse that. Thank you. I have become with my own body. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> um, I have become with my own body, like sort of weirdly paleo about chemicals. Like I, I am more spooked by prescription drugs than. Uh, certainly than I was before when I was like, give me any and all of them. Like how many can I put into my body at once? (laughs) Um, But, but it's, it's like my brain has sort of rewired itself um, to, uh, to actually like reject it as a premise because it feels sort of scary and artificial and foreign to me. Um, Like in a way where, I feel a sort of like warmth toward the idea of like mushrooms and ayahuasca that I just do not at all feel for the kind of like cold synthetic, you know, man-made vibes of all the prescription drugs that I used to love. Granted, it has been a long time since I've taken them. So maybe if I uh, took them, I would be like, oh, I feel very warmly toward this, this drug after that all. <laughs> yeah, right, I was, yeah. I was oh, making this myself crazy. What was I thinking? I, I think that does happen to people who are able to accumulate a certain level of wealth to have the privilege of being able to do that and also the kind of arowanification that I assume that your life has taken. I cannot believe you would accuse <laughs> me of that. That's hurtful and true. <laughs> yes. Show me the lie, honey. Yeah, there is, there is none. There is none. All right, Sam. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining us uh, on How Long Gone. It was a pleasure. Um, you guys, if you if you want to, uh, go follow Sam on, on all social media um, and also check out his books uh, wherever books are sold. Um, and Sam, we'll, we'll see you uh, we'll see you at Squirrel soon. You absolutely will. Guys, it was a delight. Thank you so much for having me on. Really our pleasure. No, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.